Hello and welcome. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for those of you who are tuning in and joining us for this Bible study at Pineview. I'm so glad that you are coming online and joining us and listening, or for those of you who are here in person. My name is Brother Xavier Wilson, and I'm so excited and thrilled to be have this opportunity to share just my heart and what I believe God is saying uh, to us in this hour. We have been um, on a journey of the kingdom of heaven, focusing on the kingdom of heaven and various parables that Jesus uh, uses to describe and talk about uh, to his disciples the kingdom of heaven. And we've been focusing on those for uh, the last uh, several months, uh, particularly on the fourth, uh, fourth Wednesday of the month. So that's where we are here tonight. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. And to dive in a little bit uh, even more specific, matters of the heart, looking at uh, forgiveness. Let's just open up with a word of prayer, and then we will dive into uh, our Bible study. All right? Almighty God and everlasting God, we invite your presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit, to just come and speak to our hearts. Lord, anoint me from the top of my head down to the very sole of my feet, Lord. And we ask that your spirit, your power, and your anointing will speak to us and reveal to us the very heart and the word of God. And that we may hear your heart for us in this lesson. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I remember as a as a little boy being taught uh, one of the my very first sort of prayer in uh, remembering scriptures or the scriptures that I remembered was when Jesus talks about or tells his disciples how to pray, uh, looking at in Matthew six the uh, what some may know or refer to as the Our Father prayer, and I re I grew up. Uh, learning this and reciting this. And uh, I just want to point out, you know, sometimes when you memorize scripture and you just recite it, you, you, don't, you may skip over something that really God wants to, to speak to you. Uh, and so particularly as I think about our Father who art in heaven and we're praising God, right? Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What? On earth as is, it is already done in heaven. And we begin to say, God, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debtors. <clears throat> as we forgive those who uh, sin against us. But God, please don't lead me into temptation. And so we sometimes we skip over this, this important as, uh, um, part of the prayer when Jesus says, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors or those who sin against us. And so that's where we are, and we will pick up this particular parable where Jesus is talking with his disciples in Matthew, the 18th chapter, starting with the 21st verse. And it says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? 
And Jesus answered him and said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and the children and all that he had, um, and all that he had in the pay so that payment would be made. Then the servant, he therefore then fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant, um, then the master of the servant, sorry, I'm scrolling too fast, was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, you pay me what you owe me. And so his servant fell down, fell down at his feet and begged him, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not. He went and he threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. They were, and they came and they told the master that all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt that because you begged me, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And then it ends, so my heavenly father will do to you, if do to each of you from his heart that does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So let's just sort of... Uh, Scroll back a moment and, and break this down and really take a look at what's the situation here? What's the, the context? Because Jesus often uses a parable, right, a story to drive home a message that has deeper meaning. So we find here in the beginning of, of the, the chapter of Matthew, the 18th chapter, that Jesus is, he's talking with his disciples. And the, the disciples have come to him to seek information or insight about the kingdom of God. And they initially had questioned him and said, you know, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? And so Jesus uh, sees the child and he calls the child to come close to him and to the group. And then he uses this, this, this child as a reference point and talks about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and we see in Matthew 18 and 3, he called a little child and set him before him and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is, change your heart, Change your heart, your inner self, uh, 
change your inner self, your old way of thinking. In other words, a life change, a living, a changed life. Sorry, I slow down. And become like children, children, trusting, humble, and forgiving. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I just want to highlight, it talks about, you know, coming to God, changing, choosing to change. So this is a matter of the heart. This is where I, I get the concept of, it's a matter of the heart. Because you're choosing to make a change that's in your inner self. From an old way of thinking to what God wants and desires of us as children of God, living and being a part of the kingdom of God. And this description, uh, as the Amplified Version sort of unpacks it, I like this because it talks about, okay, this reference as a child, a child who easily trusts, can be easily humbled, and often and regularly forgives. That is the context of what, uh, what question, to Peter's question, really is to become like a child, living a changed life with a renewed mind empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus also was talking about other topics around God's desire that no one should perish. And that he was uh, talking about how to dis settle disputes between each other, brothers against brothers. And then it leads into this question about forgiveness that is prompted by Peter asking this particular question. And we see Peter asks the question, Lord, how often, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And Jesus' reply is fascinating, right? Seven times isn't enough, but rather he says, 70 times seven. That's 490 times for one offense, right? In one particular instance, you're forgiving him, oh, that person over and over and over, 490 times, 70 times seven. So, so this leads into Jesus really talking about this parable, uh, using this parable about the king settling an account with his servant. Now, when I think about this number or this equation, right, the, uh, 70 times seven, it makes me, in the, the size of it, it makes me think about forming a habit, right? When we form habits. In fact, uh, research sh uh, shows in the psychology uh, today tells us that forming a habit or habit formation is the process by which behaviors become what? Automatic. Behaviors become automatic. I, I don't know about you, but I love to golf, but I am a terrible golfer. <laughs> but it gets me outside, it gets me doing something uh, somewhat, I, I like to think of athletic and moving, but I don't do it regularly. So even the times that I have had uh, lessons, and someone will show me, the coach will show me how to, how to grip the club and 
how to do the swing. When I come back, weeks later or days later, I go back to my old habits, right? Because the old habit is what has been formed and I haven't transformed that into a new habit by applying the principles that the golf coach has taught me. Habit formation is the process by which behaviors become automatic and we have this, we have a role. That's what Jesus is saying. We have a role in being motivated to engage in a behavior that is ultimately invaluable. You can't put a value on forgiveness, right? But we have to intrinsically be motivated and choose to have that be our automatic behavior, so to speak, or our um, habit as a Christian, as a believer, uh, as a follower of Christ. In other words, forgiveness, when placed in a situation where you're confronted with the decision to forgive or not to forgive, Jesus is saying the automatic choice as a child of God should be what? To forgive. So let's uh, recap this parable, right? Let's take a let's recap the parable a little bit. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and 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 so this king begins to settle an account, and one servant comes to him owing ten thousand talents, or ten thousand denarii, is some translations. He couldn't pay the debt. He didn't have enough money to come even close to paying this debt. And when he heard the judgment of the king, he fell down. His wife, his children, all of them were going to be, right, uh, have the ramifications of him not being able to pay this particular debt. So he begged, he begged the king for patience. More time, giving, asking for more time to be able to uh, acquire more resources to be able to pay the debt in full. And so this parable tells us that the king was, was moved with compassion and, and released him and forgave him of the entire debt in full, a debt that he could not pay was forgiven in full. Now you would think that this servant learned some lesson from that moment, right? Having this experience with the king, being uh, forgiven of this debt, in essence uh, feeling like uh, he and his family can now move on and move forward. But it says, uh, um, I want you to notice that the king's response, right, moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him, canceling the, the entire debt. The amplified uh, version tells us in Matthew 18 and 27. Compassion and forgiveness are linked together. Almost as if, as if compassion is serving as a catalyst, right, for the motivation and the response, the action to forgive. 
So now, the servant, having had that experience with the king, he went out and he comes across one of his a servant, right, who owes him only a hundred denarii, a hundred talents. But what was his response? His response was, he got, he seized him by the throat. He began to choke him, saying, you better pay me right now everything you owe to me. His servant then threw himself, right? Does this sound familiar? Threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. If you just give me time, I will repay all that you, that is owed. And it goes on to say, next slide. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused, right? This is a choice to stubbornly refuse to forgive what was owed him. Uh, that's the, the amplified version um, of these uh, two verses, 28 and 30. So then word gets back to the king, to the master. Works gets back because fellow servants saw what had happened. They knew that the forgiveness that was that was given to this servant, and then in return, this uh, particular person chose not to forgive but to treat someone harshly. And they went back and they told everything. They laid it all out, all the details. And so when the word got back to the master. He said, I forgave all the great debt of yours because you begged me, because you sought me for patience. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave who owed you what a little in comparison as I had had mercy on you? Now, I find it interesting that it is Peter that asks this question on forgiveness. And I only say that because, you know, we know later in the Bible, later in Matthew, uh, Peter, on the night of the Last Supper, uh, told Jesus that he wouldn't deny him, even if everyone else did. And we find this account in Matthew 26. Uh, he's, Jesus uh, says, well, I'm sorry, uh, it says in Matthew 26 and 31, all of you will be made to stumble because of me. This night it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you in Galilee. So Peter answered him and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. This is Peter. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me not once, not twice, but three times. So Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. So and so said uh, all of the disciples. 
So that's why I think it's interesting that, that Peter is sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? He's, he's being taught. He asks this question about forgiveness earlier uh, um, in this situation. So let's take a look at, at forgiveness. Let's take a look. Let's dive into it. The meaning of forgiveness is to pardon, to involve a restoration of a broken relationship, to cease... Uh, to feel resentment for wrongs or offenses. Offenses. In fact, um, psychologist says that psychology says that the truth is that forgiveness is more powerful than you think. Think about that. Just like anything in life, there are costs to your choices. Staying angry, staying resentful, staying vengeful comes at a price. All these feelings can have a detrimental impact on your physical and your emotional as well as your relationships and I would add and your spiritual health, right? So think about it. Studies have been done to show that the impact of unforgiveness impacts your physical being, impacts your emotional health, and your spiritual health. You see, forgiveness is also an act extended towards one's neighbors, a manifestation of one's realization of the appropriation of God's forgiveness. God forgives and calls us, asks us to forgive. Now, when we look at expressions of forgiveness in the Old Testament, for instance, the idea of forgiveness is expressed in uh, different metaphors. In fact, the command, the word NASA, N-A-S-A, means to send away, right? It means to send away, that as I choose to forgive, I am sending away the offense. I am letting it go, and I am, it is physically leaving, right? Think of it as sort of physically leaving. And there were uh, metaphors of, for instance, goats leaving the, the um, uh, the campgrounds or the community and leaving to as, as far as going far away as the individual. So the idea of forgiveness is not only to let it go, but that it, it is going away, right? So um, it's interesting that when people report high level of forgiveness, one psychologist says, um, according to uh, a Los Angeles psychologist, clinical psychologist, uh, Ruben, um, he says, when people reported higher levels of forgiveness, they also tended to report better health habits, decreased depression, decreased anxiety, and decreased anger levels. Right? So think about that, right? Would you, wouldn't you rather be free of those things and choose forgiveness? So let's look at some benefits of forgiveness. Mayo Clinic uh, in Minnesota has done some research on, on, on the benefits of forgiveness. What are some of those benefits? We can see healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress, less hostility. In fact, sometimes often fewer symptoms of depression 
right, can be linked to choosing to for, uh, with to forgive. Lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, and even research has found forgiveness can lead to improved heart health. Isn't that fascinating? And self-esteem, how you view yourself is linked to forgiveness. You see, God's model is for us to forgive. He lavishly forgives us in an unlimited amount. So Jesus is telling Peter and the rest of his disciples that they should forgive continuously. Um, an offense has happened, choose forgiveness. And remember that God forgives us. The lavish nature of the divine forgiveness requires the same response from us in our relationships. I, I love Psalms 1, 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his, what? His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why? He forgives all my iniquities. Think about that. Personalize that. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. The great God goes on to say, He redeems my life from destruction who crowns us what, with loving kindness and tender mercies. God's affection towards us is to crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Tender mercies. Uh, I don't have it uh, up here, but it goes on to say, if you uh, continue... Um, the uh, verse 5, uh, it won't be up here, but it says, Who satisfies my mouth with what good things, so that my path is renewed like the eagles. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not punished us according to our iniquities, the things we've done wrong. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great so great is God's mercy towards us, those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. And as a father, he pities his children. So the Lord pities those who fear him. The power forgiveness. Now, remember earlier I said there's, there is often a, we find a link between compassion and forgiveness, right? It was the, the king, the master who, who was moved with compassion and then acted in forgiveness, right? And so let's look at compassion. 
Compassion can be defined as the quality of showing kindness, a favor, of, of being gracious, right? Or having pity and mercy. It is something that is not earned. It is showing a kindness or a favor that is unearned and being gracious about it and then lavishly pouring it out. And we know that Jesus, right? Jesus was moved with compassion. There were, there were several examples. He, he heals a leper. Mark tells us in the first chapter of Mark, we'll find this in verse 40 and 42, Jesus was moved with compassion. He stretched his hand out. He touched him and he said, I am willing to be cleansed. And as soon as he spoke those, immediately the leper left him and was cleansed. We see another incident where uh, Jesus, in Luke, in the seventh chapter of Luke, Jesus has compassion uh, and he raises the son of a widow. When the Lord said to her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And he came and he touched the open coffin and those who carry him in stood still. The young man, he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And, and so he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented this son to his mother, Jesus, being moved with compassion. We also see, uh, see this in Matthews in, tw in the 20th chapter. Two blind men receive their sight. They're sitting by the road. They hear Jesus passing by. They cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus have mercy on them and open their eyes. He was moved with compassion, touched their eyes. Immediately their eyes were opened. They received their sight and they followed them. Think about this. Unforgiveness blocks. Compassion releases. Let me say that again. Unforgiveness blocks. It holds it all to end. It's like a wall that's built around the offense, the pain. But compassion allows it all to flow and be released and given to God. Now, it's interesting that this servant, right, he owed roughly what scholars tell us is like 150,000 years worth of wages. The amount of money he owed to the master was some absurd, insurmountable debt. And I believe Jesus used this to sort of shock his listeners. And in fact, they probably looked at him with pale faces, like, you're saying, how much? Uh, but yet here in comparison, this servant chooses to not forgive for a mouth that is so much smaller. So much smaller. It is like one talent is, a, is equivalent to 15 years worth of wages. It's interesting because in Ephesians... In the fourth chapter and the 31st verse, God really prompts our hearts and the Holy Spirit says, let all bitterness, let all wrath, 
all anger, all clamor, all evil speaking, be what? Be put away from you. In other words, we can't benefit from holding on to that, right? There is no good that that can produce in our lives by holding on to it. But yet what? Be kind one to who? Another. Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you and I. Put it away. There is no benefit. So as I sort of wrap this up and, and begin to summarize, what are some things we can, we can pull from, from this parable, uh, taking an even deeper dive? God forgave, forgives us first. And God forgives us when we choose to repent and change, be willing to change our way of thinking, our way of acting, and seeking Him for His mercy. God forgives. And that is available to all of us. God's forgiveness is available to all of us. As a child in the kingdom of God, we're called. Jesus is, is calling us. The Holy Spirit is prompting us to represent the kingdom of God as children of God. We, we are to put on tender mercies. We are to walk in kindness. We are to walk in humility, expressing meekness and long-suffering. Choosing to bear with another, forgiving one another. Even if someone has a complaint against another, remember that Christ forgave us and, we, and calls us, expects us to forgive as well. Above all these things, Above all these things, above all these things, put on love, which is what? The perfect bond. That means choosing to love. Using love as a motivator and a catalyst, we are able to respond in, in tough situations with forgiveness. Love, from a place of love. You see, God's nature is compassion. His nature is grace. His nature is mercy. If you hear nothing else, know that a life of compassion is better than a life of holding on to unforgiveness. But sometimes it's not tough. It's not easy, right? Sometimes there are situations it is not, it seems uneasy to forgive. But God's Spirit, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit operating in us, when we surrender the situation at His feet, God is willing 
to help us and empower us to be able to forgive as we choose love, as we choose forgiveness. See, there can be no reconciliation without mercy. When we receive God's forgiveness, but choose to refuse to forgive others, it shows that we really don't, we are struggling to understand and receive even God's forgiveness. We're not really called, merely called to be reconciled with God. We're called to be joined together in a ministry of reconciliation. Debt paid in full is a kingdom principle. God's forgiveness, paying all of our debts in full, is a kingdom principle that is available to us. Perhaps today you have a situation that is heavy on your heart and you're struggling. I, I, I beseech you, I, I, I encourage you to bring it completely before God, surrendering it all to Jesus and ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that will help you to release the hurt, to release the pain and envision it leaving your body, your mind, your spirit and soul as God fills you with love and empowers you with the ability and the desire to forgive. See, citizens of the kingdom of God, we are called to a higher standard of living. Every day, we're representing our Heavenly Father. Every day. We demonstrate to a lost world that they are loved by God and God is gracious. See Colossians 3, 9 and through verse 12 says, Let not mercy and kindness, let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting out deliberate hypocrisy and falsehood, forsake you, but bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablets of your heart. We need the power and the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to write upon the chambers of our heart mercy and kindness. Not in our own might, not in our own strength, right? But by the power and by the strength that God gives us through his Holy Spirit. That mercy and kindness are oozing out of us and we cherish them. That allows us to be free, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, what I believe that God is saying, Jesus is saying in this parable to his disciples, 
is to focus and to reflect on the matters of their heart. And is there an opportunity to forgive? And when confronted, because things happen in our lives, when confronted with a situation, God asks us, tells us, implores us to choose forgiveness. And He will strengthen us. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Spirit of the living God, we need you. We cry out to you. We call upon you. And we seek you. We give you thanks and praise because you alone are holy. You manifest your presence in our lives, in our hearts, and in our situations. Come upon the chambers of our heart and saturate us with your presence so that we, we may be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. God, help us in any situation that we may be facing now to choose forgiveness. We remember, we reflect upon your love and your mercy towards us. Help us to mature as your children, to be children that reflect the kingdom of heaven for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name.